You won't take this from me, baby. You will not take this from me, baby. You know, my niggas. Some niggas that you don't wanna try, my niggas. Some niggas just really do it die, my niggas. We'll have you cowards ready to cry, my niggas. We'll fry, my niggas. We'll rob, my niggas. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Too Much Movie. This is a podcast where we discuss films that are simply too much, and you do not have to worry about Rob Belushi. He does not get strokes, motherfucker. He gives them. And Chris Candy who has 21 ex-wives and seven of them liked him. Hello, gentlemen. It is so good to talk to you about 1999's masterpiece from Oliver Stone, Any Given Sunday. I would argue, hands down, outside of When We Were Kings, the documentary about Rumble in the Jungle, is the best sports movie ever. At me. Fight me. It's the greatest sports movie of all time. I call. I've been warming the bench the whole time I've been in the pros. I don't plan on going back. I am QB. You're king in your own mind. He may sell a lot of t-shirts, this kid, but he's tearing this team apart. Well, then you hold it together. Knock it off. Why the hell do you think my father put me in charge of bullheaded moron? You got old. No intensity. No victory. Where the hell is your intensity, Tony? Any given Sunday, life is a contact sport. Rob, talk to me about this movie. I, I can't believe you picked that quotation from Jim Brown because that's what I was leading with. I don't get strokes, motherfucker. I give them. Give them. I give them. Uh, uh, yeah, no. Uh, look, what, it, it's a tie for me for best sports movie of all time with Warrior. Um, yeah, love Warrior too. Good movie. That one, I mean, that one just makes me ball like a baby. But this, this one is, I mean, this came out uh the summer i was graduate i graduated high school and i it was like 
you know, his string of natural born killers. It was like Oliver Stone just really JFK, like he was killing it, man. And um, I loved it. I, I, I feel like you get all of the Oliver Stone um, like pastiche, but it's focused. You know, <laughs> like he he's he's play, he's got his his head in the game as, as so to speak. And um, it's so fun. It's so funny. It's so like dirty and nasty and bloody and sexy and intense. Um, but it, it just paints a great picture of how this game, this industry touches people in a, in a, just a high stakes way, you know, and uh, I'm with you. I mean, definitely best football. The, the thing that I never realized before is Latimer from the program shows up as like <laughs> another yeah. weird, uh, you know, like death metal defensive lineman. Uh, <laughs> but, but we have a, any given Sunday first timer in the crew. Oh my God. I know. Any given candy over here. Any uh, given candy. <laughs> I I was a first timer to see this, and um, I remember I tried to watch this with my girlfriend like a year ago, and uh, our upstairs new neighbor ruined the whole experience. And so <laughs> now we are in an upstairs upstairs neighborless place. So I was able to fully dive into it, and um, this movie was fucking bonkers like again <laughs> i was watching this and had the same thought from when i watched last boy scout and i was going oh i'm gonna love this movie <laughs> yeah. um and it was fully that i think that um this movie is like heat a sport if, if he was a sports movie this is what it would be um it feels very michael manny at times for me um, I think you just get all of these like amazing performances from all these actors. But to your point too, it is a refined and like boiled down Oliver Stone film. It gets a little weird at some point. It gets a little with you know some of the the, the he's got his like Native American yeah, like, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. weird yeah. cutaways <laughs> to like it always just when he cuts to the stands and it's all those like old. It just old, seems yeah. like our. So, subtly racist it's just white people watching you know what i mean like why are we these white people are talking about i don't know but that's yeah. i interrupt you chris keep going well yeah like you know i think my main takeaway from this whole movie is is similar to certain sports movies but it's really like oliver stone's commentary on um the sports industry specifically football the owners all the way down to the players who's really calling the shots who's the one who's really in charge and it just goes through the whole film where you're like kind of wondering who really you know who who's the the king of this team you know is it is it uh cameron diaz is it uh um pacino you know is it uh dennis quaid is it jamie Fox? who who are the people in line and 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 I just, I fucking loved it. I just was fully in, enthralled in it. And I do remember as I was watching the middle of it, the alligator scene. Um, <laughs> Wait, I was like, oh, I it's rising into the shower. I totally like, like that. Yeah. That's what I remember. I remember that from the trailer. And I remember being like, oh, this is going to be good. Um, <laughs> but this, this movie is perfect. It's interesting what it's, yeah, it's interesting what you're saying about Oliver Stone coming in um, because much like JFK, essentially, 
is talking about the military industrial complex. Yeah. Like any given Sunday, he's really talking about the sports industrial complex. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And I think in, in, in that mode, the film is it's most successful talking about the business and the cultural implications, very prescient. I think on like a more modern rewatch, which I'm sure we'll get into a bit later, you know, where, where it really kind of drags is there's, there's just, and I know it's football and testosterone and intensity, but like the, the misogyny is like a little cringy on, on this watch, yeah. you know, like, yeah. I think a, when we all I, watched I, in 1999, think, we were like, do you think that, do you think that we were just not like jiving with, cause I feel like this whole movie is like deeply critical at the same time, like it has its cake and eats it too of like being so loving of the sport, but like every part of it, you can read it as this is barbaric. This is psychotic. This is sadomasochistic. Right. And it's also deeply awesome on every conceivable level. It's like, oh, this is like um, wish fulfillment and, and, and that weird perverted wish of like what America desires and like capitalism at its very worst. And I feel like that with the misogyny, it's just like, especially Cameron Diaz's character, like the most hilarious bit of casting. I know it seems like weird now, but it's like Charlton Heston as the league owner is the best fucking piece of casting. And when he's just like you, that guy, because of all the history that we have associated with him, both in and out of movies and you see him and you're like, this guy has done a thousand times more awful things than Cameron Diaz is like trying to get a better deal for her team. Then right. he's, he's done 10,000 times worse. And he's like, just because she's a young woman, just because she's hungry, just because she's trying to disrupt. He's like, I, you know, I genuinely think that woman would eat her young, you know, like, and you're like, yeah. which, which is like, which is the most in those terms is the most, uh, degrading thing you can say about his view of a woman. Like yes. she doesn't belong here. She belongs yeah. either drunk like her mother, Angie Dickinson, who I love. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Love yeah. her. She's like the freest bird of them all because she's <laughs> and Margaret. And Margaret. And and Margaret. And Margaret. Yeah. And Margaret. Yeah. Yes. And Margaret. Um, I'm so sorry. <clears throat> and Margaret. I had real Bravo in my head for a second. <laughs> Wait, am I confused? Is that Angie Dickinson? Angie Dickinson is Rio. Yeah. Right. And Margaret. And Margaret's there. But she's a rape. She's like, she's she's a disconnected, you know. Uh, uh, spirit essentially yeah um and and he says she would eat her young it's like she doesn't belong here she's not she's not to be reckoned with she's not a serious person she's a girl and not only Mm. is she a girl she's an unapologetic and direct girl and then and then it's even further developed like he her father wanted a son and what we got was her and it's like this fucking woman is she's amazing awesome. she's amazing she's, she's yeah. fucking awesome she has it is it's cameron diaz's every- best performance yeah by really light years by yeah. light years love- she's fucking amazing in this movie yeah i love it i love her and and like on on this rewatch that that's the thing that really became focused to me and i you know i think in terms of cake and eating it too like i think Stone does such a deft, has such a deft touch with having empathy for a lot of different points of view, especially right. on the medical level, the family level, 
the, the glory level that you're talking about, but also what that glory means. Don't drop me guys. I'm worth a million dollars. Yeah. Right. So it's yeah. not just, it's not just that great monologue in the steam room that Lawrence Taylor gives, but also the fact that he's got four kids and yeah. he needs right. the fucking money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and the fact that it's when it Lawrence, gets to Lawrence Taylor, Holly, it's that Lawrence, part is like, crazy. Yeah. That, like this is LT, like it's like, Jim Brown, Lawrence Taylor, there's like football characters, real life people like who have actually lived and breathed this life that permeate through everything that's happening here. It's so amazing that they're all there. Like you've got these phenomenal actors as well. Like you've got, you know, prior to full psycho, like James Woods in here, like just giving it, like throwing a hundred miles an hour with every single word that he says. Like there is nothing more aggravating to me than watching <laughs> old movies where James Woods is great. I know, <laughs> it's so fucking annoying. Yeah, it's, it's insane. It's so he's so great now. He's so great. Like, he's the guy. It's, I love his fucking speech. God damn it. Who am he's, I to tell these guys they can't be great, you know? Yeah. That, and Keep I just going, love, Jeff, I love little lines from Woods as well, where someone's like, Cherubini's out. He's like, Cherubini? What, he fall off the bench? he has like that whole line when at the very beginning of the movie when he's talking with modine about like what you know if, if it's a bladder infection or you know uh intestinal problems it's you if it's yeah, anything shit, to do, you, shit you yeah. bones me. yeah me yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> i just yeah you know I, I know we're gonna get into this whole thing but I, I i just yeah to that point i think like as i was thinking about it and you guys were just talking right now this movie is again like it is very similar to JFK. It is all about ego. It's all about and and one of the things as I was watching it and watching all of these actors just perform like maniacs, you know, on this field of being warriors on the football field. It just reminded me of that like the the ego driven self of a lot of these performers and just like how they have to bring it to the table to get these people to inflate and how fun it must have been to play these characters and just like you know bring them all to life because you can't be like weak with this you really have to bring the strength to all of these parts and everybody does it in such a cool way so yeah i, I that's just, a great point i, I just I love that that. A, can we say that it's in the hall of fame of movies where guys are just hanging dong for like absolutely no reason as well like when what's well, that dude's <laughs> dick is so big dude. i was like that is the biggest fucking dick. Like it's like pillow book dick. Yeah. It's shame dick. You know what I'm saying? Like just rando in a locker room, you know? Yeah. God damn it. It's, 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 but I, I want to, from hanging dong to like, you know, someone said to me one day that Dennis Quaid was poor man's Harrison Ford. I've never been able to get it out of my head. I'm just like, Oh my God, that's so funny. But like there's scenes in this movie that just pop up into my mind all the time. And it's like, you talk about like ego, you talk about like capitalist drive, sports industrial complex. Like you also talk about like house systems, you know, there's like that great Chappelle joke where he talks about like systems, like systems only happen because people benefit from like participating in the system. And I remember because, you know, it's easy to go, it's misogynistic, et cetera. And like women play a role and whatever, but like the scene that fucking lights my fire every time I think about this movie is Captain Jack Rooney is completely messed up after that shot that he's taken and he's got like discs all fused and messed up in his back and he's whatever. 
and his wife played by Lauren Holly is there. And she's like, no, you're a goddamn quarterback. Like, yeah. like she exists in this system. I have, I'm top of the hierarchy. I'm not changing my life status, et cetera, because you want to be a pussy. Like that whole thing of like their self-perpetuating system is creating these toxic relationships no matter what. What I'm saying is I've got my rings. We took care of our money and uh, the kids are all right. And we've had a good run. I just think that it's time for me to get out after this season. And do what? Well, I talked to a a guy over at one of the networks. You are a football player. Yeah, yeah, will you hear me out, okay? You're a football player, Jack, and you have two or three years left in you. Cindy, you are missing the big picture here. There is no big there picture is. Yes, here, sir. Jack. You're that goddamn quarterback for the Miami Sharks. Are you listening you're to anything you're saying? You're a legend, and you're talking right, about quitting. Look. Look, all my life, means everybody's been telling me what, what to do, do ever since college. Me? This you is not your decision. Me? It is my decision. I will not listen to this bullshit from you. I will not. Right. It's one of the it's one of the scenes like since I was younger, I, I, I always think about it. it's that shark scene. It's the James Woods scene. Yes. And it's her slapping her slapping husband it, in the yeah. face yeah. and yeah. saying, you're a football player, you know, you're a quarterback. And it's so interesting because like, it's very you imagine clear. that Giselle was slapping Tom Brady before when he announced his first retirement. <laughs> you're a goddamn football player, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's, like, what are you doing playing football? You're going to get hurt. But it's interesting. It's interesting. Like what keeps him great is yeah. definitely part of it is this relationship yes. and the dynamic of her being uh, alienated because of her partner's status change is a strong one, but it's also like the dynamics of a marriage I thought were really interesting in there. And, you know, he, he goes to, you can see that he needs the validation as much as he's a leader because he gets it from Tony and it's clear that he used to get it from his wife. And frankly, Dennis Quaid is, this to me is the only worse uh, image of 38 years old since night moves when they say Gene Hackman <laughs> is 38 night moves and they say Dennis Quaid is 38. And so I'm like, try fucking 48, but, um, yeah, yeah, but he's fantastic when he's like saying G whiz in the huddle. And like this conversation about the difference in terms of tone and race and youth and age at the quarterback position in 1999 is, you know, finally the fruit is finally bearing 25 years later and you know the die has been cast but like they did not want to move on from this captain jack rooney person behind the wheel to the detriment of the chicago bears three decades playing fucking football to our chagrin you know what i mean Uh, but he's fantastic he's great in it dennis quaid yeah and it's interesting you bring that up in like regards to quaid like this movie feels like i wrote this down like this is the end of an era and the beginning of an era for filmmaking. Yes. Like you can really see the passing of the torch in regards to where we're going and where we're leaving. Yes. So like a lot of nineties movies, this is like right on the cusp for us guys. You know, this is right there because you're about to enter. It's into in this. the movie year. It, it's in 
what is argued as the greatest movie year of all time, 1999. Like, the, the, and part of the reason I was so excited to talk to you guys about it is because it's not one of the ones that gets mentioned in 99, but I'm like, guys, this is just as 99 as everything else. Like it's handing over to Jamie Foxx and Cameron Diaz and all yep. these massive people are getting their hand over. Like Oliver Stone's like almost leaving filmmaking on the scale that he left it from 86 to 99 is an unparalleled, unbelievable Oscar winning run for him. And, and, then and your it, point is this movie is just as much about America yes. as JFK and natural born yeah. killers. hundred percent. Absolutely. Well, wouldn't natural board killers. Yeah. That would kind of be about the prison system. And it would and kind it's of about, be about media. The, it's about media. media. Yeah, yeah. Big time. So, yeah, I think like, you know, that seems to be stone's vibe and, and, you know, a lot of these dudes, these directors, they have opinions on media and sports is no different. But I think that there's something that is like, I remember my first, when I got into acting, actually, I had a, um, a buddy of mine, this guy, Kevin Christie. And he always told me whenever you, he said, do you watch football? And I said, uh, not really. And he's like, oh, you should start watching a couple of games over the weekend because casting directors love to like talk about football every once in a while <laughs> and he wasn't wrong i'd go into like a commercial audition and inevitably there'd be some guy who'd like you know want to ask me if i'd seen like you know the bears game or you know the packers game or what you think of you know whatever and it's just so sewn into the culture and um i think we should take is... a minute just quickly to say fuck the packers but keep going <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I was a green bay packers fan in my in my, my grade school years, I did not know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> anyways, what I'm getting at is just like, you know, I, it seems like I bet Stone fucking loved making this movie because he probably got so much out of it. He ate, he ate it up. He's the commentator. Oh, That's yeah, what's he's, so well, hilarious. That, he's like, that, he's, that, he's, he's, having a, he's having a ball being like the localized color commentator, not the national broadcasters commentator, but the guy who commentates the sharks every week. Like that's a phenomena that happens in basketball locally. Now it's kind of relegated to radio, but like, they're so rare that you, and, and, and in parts of Sydney, we used to have it where there'd be certain Sydney commentators to Sydney games, but that like evolved out into like national broadcasts and things like that of games. But like, he's the guy who like commentates every one of these games. Cause he's like a fan. And it's just really cool that, it still exists in this movie because that kind of almost died as this movie died. And he's giving that a bit of a throwback in this as well. And, and also like, so on the nose, he's like, here's my commentary. You yeah. know what I mean? Let me hang my dong on this. That um, is what I, football. I love it. I, said, football. <laughs> so I love, I think it, it's important to talk about like the way he shoots the game, which I think was different at the time. And it's kind of taken for granted. Now it's all, uh, not all of it, but like a lot of it is so um, frenetic and with within like a, a 10 yard, you know, uh, bubble of awareness and you're just kind of lost in these bodies. And so you get like a real feel for the stakes, the anxiety, the threat of these bodies coming at you and yeah. trying to do these things that are very, very hard. Um, and I thought that was a tremendous thing that he brought to the filmmaking. And, and to your point about the changeover, like I remember when I saw this movie, I was like, uh, Jamie Foxx? Like, right. Yeah. yeah like okay. in, li in living color. All right. Yeah. I was like, okay. And like, 
but he now brings it. Oh, he we brings didn't know. It. He, nope. dude, he's fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal dude. in this movie, like <laughs> phenomenal. And his his monologue, like I on forgot. the sports show, on the sports show, is fucking yeah. out of control. Yeah, and, and, and when he's talking, that is he's amazing. And and then and that guy playing like Colin Cowherd, like the most annoying. <laughs> but when he's talking about how he didn't play the game the right way with Coach D'Amato and like how he took a suit and he lost six, you know, six rounds in his draft. Like yeah. you don't you don't know much about him until then because Layla Layla Rashawn is gone, mm. who is another incredible performance in there and uh it's just a, a wonderful moment to figure out like yeah what he's up against is pretty pretty extreme you know that that whole sequence i think we'll, we'll before we get into scenes that like and i'm sure this might come up but that entire sequence that's intercut with the final scene of ben Hur as they're talking over their chili about yeah. football, about the position of quarterback, about exactly that. Like, you know, I took a suit. I went down six positions in the draft. Some, you know, one of your dumb, one of your dumb peers thought I had quick feet. I'd make a good corner. I'm tack- tackling 300 pound guys, all that stuff. It's like all of that is just absolutely fire ending with that massive punctuation of like, you're a goddamn quarterback. And then what the fuck was your life about anyway? You're not some flash in a pan corner or receiver or even julian washington you're a goddamn quarterback you know what that means it's the top spot kid it's the guy takes the fall it's the guy everybody's looking at first the leader of a team who will support you when they understand you who will break their ribs and their noses and their necks for you because they believe because you make them believe that's a quarterback. It's just, it doesn't get better than this. Like the highs in any given Sunday. And I think that in a lot of movies that we talk about, you know, we can look back on them and, you know, have some objectivity because it's 20, you know, 20, sometimes 25, sometimes or nearly 30 years later that we're looking back at these movies. But it is, it is immense the power that and the resonance that some of these things have when they hit their highs. Like I, I, I would pay money for some of the highs that this movie gives me on a regular basis. And we were spoilt in the nineties that like every second movie or yeah. movies, it's like the highs that it hits, it might not hit with you the whole time, but the heights of any given Sunday, the highs are no one hits that stratosphere. Like it's that it's seriously that good. You get that dopamine hit. That oh. The game gives you that watching the game gives you that cheering for the game gets you that the bonus you know the player's bonus gets you that getting the ticket to the game it's it's there that entertainment is there you know the entertainment of it yeah absolutely yeah i fully agree and watching it i definitely had a lot of memories of time yeah just sports (laughs) that's the best way (laughs) to put it but you can't really football has got this like almost like it's like it's almost, I can't, I want, I, it's fucking gnarly. It's just got this weird, like, paint over it. You know what I mean? It's like pornographic. It's fucking crazy. It's like, it's just, it, I don't, and, I can't and find we the right words. And we watch it like porn. And that's what yeah. I think any given Sunday gives you is like, there's well, that moment this... where Captain Jack running at the line and those two safeties are yeah. running towards him. And the fear that you get just, 
implicitly you can't even you're not even tracking it but when you're inside his helmet running towards that line and you see these two monsters coming to just kill him and you see his body spin like a top through the air as he gets hit from multiple directions you're like this is like yeah. football is actually insane. <laughs> like it's like yeah, really and, and that's something it's, that that hit is something that reminds me of a movie that doesn't flavor this mo- football the way another movie we talked about, uh, Last Boy Scout, does, which is Jerry Maguire, right? The mm-hmm. Rod Tidwell hit, and yes, and that hero story. Like Jerry Maguire does not touch on the corruption of the game. It talks about agents plenty. Yeah. Really, I mean, I guess it does a little bit with, but, but yeah, but the, this, this really, yeah, the corruption is so American and so <laughs> all encompassing medical, spiritual, financial, you know, emotional corruption. It's everywhere in, in this film. And it, I think it's what makes I'm, it so pornographic, you know, like you're saying. So great. When, when I'm in gr- trouble, gr- this is my playbook. I go yeah. to my playbook. Like when they yeah. lose and the priest comes in, I'm like, that in Australia never would happen in, in any locker room of any sport. Yeah. But I can't get enough of it. There are no atheists in foxholes, right? Like that yeah. shit is exactly like if if people are like not sure about what the thesis of the movie is, watch that scene. Like it knows exactly what it's saying. Yeah, the word I looked for was thinking of right now. This movie is gratuitous. It yes. is just like oh, it is yeah. just full of it, and and we um, love I, it. Anyone and, is and, like, anyone is like, I want to see a movie that's more subtle. Go away. I'm done. Like, take yourself. Or don't go see an Oliver Stone movie. Go you know it. what I mean? I like, want the gratuity. That's why I'm in the house. That's why yeah. I pay the money. I, that's exactly what I want every time. I want gratuity. Let's go. Yeah. So perfect, good. perfect. Tip. I mean, when he the 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 scenes that are so fucking fun and horrible to watch at the same time are like that charity event with like the fucking weird sex dramas playing out in the bathroom with the cocaine, and then like at the party when Beeman's talking shit and LT, you know, uh, Shark yes. Levey saws his fucking car. Mm-hmm. Have some respect, you know, and 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 then. The subtler fun and corruption is a, a performance that, frankly, is fantastic. And she was all but written off at this point, was Elizabeth Berkeley as oh. the high-class high escort. Amazing. She's so alive and young and connected with an aging but great coach that that, that tension is really fun and electric. And she's she's fucking awesome in the role and looks incredible you know and she gets no fucking props man it's like showgirls i mean i know that there's a, a small like this is i know we're not talking about showgirls but i it but we can along with just did the thing <laughs> we you know where like, she finally we like, got it's just desserts yeah that movie is fucking phenomenal and her performance in that is one of the like bravest most committed bold fearless fucking performances on, in cinema history, and everyone wrote her off as bad. And it's like, Fuck she you. was yeah. directed this way. Look at what she does when Oliver Stone directs her. Like, I just, she's great. Anyway, that's my Elizabeth Berkeley 
slash corruption. Barkley, I don't even know how to fucking say it. It's Berk- It's definitely Berkeley. All right, well, let's take a quick break. Okay. And we're going to come in and talk about our two favorite scenes. Just as we come back from a break and we sort of went into that last break talking about, as Rob would say, another great movie about America, Showgirls, um, from the absolute <laughs> shitbag, the lovable shitbag Paul Verhoeven, who has one of the best eyes, critical eyes of America in all of his incredible works. Um, let's start with a newbie to favorite scenes. Chris, as someone so yeah. fresh to this, but also so incredibly hit to stone and vibes like this obviously jfk is a movie that is so deeply important to you and thank you again because that was my that's probably my favorite episode we've ever done it too too much movie you talking about that so tell me about your favorite scenes in this one. Oh god um we touched on a couple of them now but you know i think one thing i really wanted to talk about in this movie is just how it changes I guess, you know, the most thing I was most impressed about is how it changes from the playing field up to the club, you know, into the stands and giving the essence. I think just one of the things I want to touch on is just the essence of the game. I just felt so fully inside of it. You know, when I was watching the opening of it, I was just taken in by the whole team. Um, And as for like two favorite scenes, like I had like a couple specific ones. I loved like I kept on finding myself looking at the set design of all of these places. Cause they just were so of that. Yeah. They weren't allowed to use the, they weren't allowed to use the NFL. So they had to design all these teams, which is why I love, like, I think you can actually find them on like Etsy. Like you can find a Miami sharks t-shirt. Yeah. And like, I'm like, I've been like this close from buying a Miami sharks t-shirt like so many times. Cause I'm like, that's my team. <laughs> my team well, yeah, my don't, they, don't they, don't they like play against the crusaders or something? Yeah, like, what's yeah. the team with like I'm, I'm the, gonna, the, the, the last team. Team. yeah. Um, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I, I think like, I, I don't have two specific scenes and I'm going to tell you the reason why I was kind of like railroaded by this movie, quite frankly, oh, as oh, I was watching it. Wait, like, wait, but before you're railroading, the Albuquerque, have, like, the Albuquerque Aztecs, California Crusaders, Chicago Rhinos, the Dallas Knights, the Colorado Blizzard, Houston Cattlemen, Kansas Twisters, LA Breakers, Minnesota Americans, New York Emperors, Oregon Pioneers, Orlando Crushers, San Francisco Knights, Seattle Prospects, um, Texas Rattlers, the Washington Lumbermen, and also the Wisconsin Icemen. So they're all the fictional teams. And of course, the Miami Sharks. Yeah, I, I think like the ones that I wrote these ones that just kind of like stuck out to me as I'm like going over my notes here. Um, I'll just do these two actually. Um, I love the post credit scene. It's fucking crazy. Like at the very yes. end of the film. Yes. Like what a fucking crazy reveal. Like not yes. to give it away for anyone who hasn't seen it. No, we can it's just spoil like, it. We can spoil it. Not to win a big one. San Francisco sure took care of that for us, didn't it? <laughs> um... In football, as in life, things change. So, I guess it's time for me to get the hell out of the way, bring in the new. I like Nick Crozier. I think he's going to do a great job. But most of all, I want to thank the people of Miami 
for their support over the last 20 some odd years. Gee, it just flew by. It's really meant a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. It meant everything to me. I've had a great, great ride, believe me. And, uh, and I'm going to miss you. He's an arrogant son of a victim. I'm going to miss him. But uh, in thinking about change, I don't know, I felt uh, maybe it was time for me to make a change. Too. And it was Willie Beeman taught me how to give it another shot. So uh, starting today, I'm going to take over as head coach for that new expansion team in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the Aztecs. Why? Why do you say? Because they're giving me full management control, but hoping not to make a complete fool of myself out there. I just signed Willie Beeman as my starting quarterback and franchise player for the Aztecs. So, uh, so, Miss P, I'm looking forward to seeing you next season across those sidelines. So long. Au revoir. See you when the clouds come home. Especially you, baby. Smoking cigars on me now, are you? Tony D'Amato is but going, doing his goes, press conference. Yeah. He's doing a press conference after being retired in inverted commas. And he reveals that he's going to be the ho- the coach of the Albuquerque Aztecs, a new expansion team in the league, and that he's going to take Willie Beeman from the Miami Sharks as his franchise player. And that he has full control over football <laughs> operations. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was such like a fantasy <laughs> idea of like how you could run a team. But there, like, there was this one actor who's in it, John C. McGinley, plays the uh, the the, the uh, cowherd, yeah, the exactly. Cow yeah, he's got the cigar in his mouth. He's blue. it's just it's such like a cool fucking scene, and I I just I really enjoyed that scene. Um, and then I loved this was just like oh, fuck, man. I, I'm just there's too many of them. Um, I loved Al Pacino drunk after um talking to Elizabeth Berkeley. I okay. loved that scene, right? Uh, initially that you were talking about, but him like just like. It was such like I felt the drunkenness he was going through in my stomach. I was like, oh, you're like when he leaves a voicemail for his ex-wife. Yeah. And he's talking about how he's seen his kids and he's in this fucking crazy postmodern mansion. And I was just like, what is this movie? Um, I'm going to just rapid fire a few because you guys will probably have more specific ones. I loved I could watch Al Pacino and Ann Margaret dancing drunkenly all night long at that party. (laughs) (laughs) Now all we have is know-it-all ESPN out. Hi, Tony. Hey, I've just been knighted. <laughs> Come on, Mom. In the night. Let's go. Oh, no. What if we have to do? It's not late. It's getting there. Oh, I got to give this back to you. And to reach the highest peak, but it doesn't thrill me half. We gotta do this again. Let's do it tomorrow night. I don't remember when my dad. The whole party sequence was just genius. Um, 
you know, yeah, that that sex scene in there was where like basically like Bill Bellamy and uh, LL Cool J like kiss, like it was just psycho. Man. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yes, yes, dude. <laughs> but I, you know, it, I yeah, I don't know, man. I'm gonna just leave with like I loved the zones of this movie, like for specific scenes. Yeah, like I definitely loved the Pacino scenes, but yeah, those those ones definitely like just the vibe of it all stood out to me. Rob. Great scenes. I mean, that ending is probably just, one of the best epilogues ever. It's best. like I just, I might have to do like a, an addendum episode of this and like rewatch it again because like I just like I just finished it like an hour ago, guys. So I'm just like, <laughs> it's a lot to take. In. It's it's too much to take in. We've asked you a big ask. This is too much to actually process everything in this movie. I mean, I have one note here that just says that DMX track. You know what I mean? Oh, I know. I know. Oh, and like the, the track, the track that Oliver Stone picks, he really shouldn't be like. You cannot take so, this from me, baby. And so it's so like, sick. Uh, yeah, it's sick. sick. It's sick. Oh, wait, one last one. Sorry, I got to say this one. Endgame, when Cameron Diaz pulls Pacino into the fucking locker room, and then the whole team's like, oh, fuck, because he's going to trade that. Oh, that seems... Oh, and, and, and Willie Beeman he comes in and goes, I'm sorry, Miss Pagnacci, but Coach already yeah. put me in. So good. And you're like, fuck like, yes, yes. I'm like, let's fucking go. Yeah. Um, I love that she doesn't fucking leave. Yeah. I love it. He's no, just, just like screaming, and she's like... No, Tony. Like you're fucking. <laughs> this is my money. You're fucking. You're fucking with my money. You know what I mean? I know. Uh, no, those yeah. are all great, man. I mean, right fuck. Yeah, uh, for me, like I, I th- there's a couple scenes, like I said, that I, I remember since the first time I've seen it, which was like when when Layla Rashawn leaves him and mm. he's Insane a fucking scene. asshole. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the shark, the shark Levee monologue in this sauna. Let me tell you something. For every suckle in music, for every very sadness, for every Jerry Rice, there's a hundred niggas you never even heard of. Sure, the game's taught you how to strut, how to talk shit, how to hit. What else? Suddenly there's no more money, no more women, no more applause. No more dream. This is what I'm trying to say to you, boy. When a man looks back on his life, he should be proud of all of it. Not just years he spent the pairs and cleats. Not just memories of when he was great. You gotta learn that willing to hear. If you don't, you're a man. You're just another punk. Like, never forget. That that is king shit, that monologue in that. Oh my God. King shit. He delivers it well. He has one look where he looks down and thinks the thought and then comes up and delivers a line. I'm like, damn, LT. Oh, in the shower. Uh, there. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. did, like, this is the other thing. 
this is why casting is so imperative. And also sometimes I think people get unfairly smashed in their career about like just doing a really great work in a field impeccably. And I'm like, LT in this movie, because he's, he's basically pouring out the innards of his diary in this performance. His soul. His soul is coming out. It's like, he's so penetrating and so amazing. It's like, this is something that should be recognized as like one of the all time crossover things of like a person who was an absolute superstar that comes into a completely new field and just crushes the fucking whole movie. Like without LT as shark, this does not work. Without Jim no, Brown right. as the defensive coach, this movie doesn't work. It's like they are linchpins to it. And Stone casting them, it's just unbelievable. Well, you know, it's a lot like, you know, I mean, it's not the same thing at all, but like knowing that Tom Cruise is jumping off the mountain on that yes. fucking motorcycle lends a vibe. And like when Jim Brown is telling Tony that he wants to do something pure, because everyone ruins the game and he's going to go like you look Pat, you look back to all, all the good and bad movies Jim Brown did, but also the shit he put up with yes, on the field and off the field. One of the craziest times in American history to be an amazing, powerful person of his stature. Like it's like, I don't know. I mean, I don't I, I don't know if that degrades what I'm saying to compare him to Tom Cruise, but th- that the reality of the I experience get it, no, lends yeah. electricity to the, the, the feeling, you know, to the experience. Well, also you and, rarely get performances, sorry, like where they can actually influence the part in a very meaningful way. You know, yes. yeah. it's like, it's Jim Brown really has it all on his sleeve. You know, he's, he's, he's just share. Yeah. He was one of my favorites. Anyways. Anything uh, else, Rob? All, all, yeah. I mean, all those scenes I, I, I remember from the first watch, the slap and all that stuff, but the one that, that really, and, and James Woods is. Um, exit. The exit my, scene. His exit is fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah. One of my players again. Come on, Tommy. They could never, they couldn't take a piss in the morning without the pill. So come on now. Okay. Out. Oh, and now you're going to play innocent, huh? You know what? Fuck your innocence. Then what about Bayer? What about Nielstrom and Manzicki? Logan and Kraus? I will not have you. I will not have this discussion with you. You don't want to hear the answer? Don't ask the question. And you, you fucking snitch. Did you ever think about Shark putting food on the table or his kids going to college? You lied to him. You didn't give him a choice. You've got to give him a choice. It's a doctor's ethics. Yeah, since when? The Hippocratic Oath. Hippocratic Oath. You mean the one that starts, do no harm? With all due respect, doctor, I didn't have to ask him because I knew the answer. Who am I to tell these men they cannot live their dream? They will not live with shame like you. They are gladiators. They are warriors. And long ago, they made that choice. Not you, not you, not me. And I am not gonna take responsibility for standing between them Didn't you ever have a dream, Ollie? I'm living it hard. But the scene today that twisted, uh, or last time, twisted me up the most was when Shark and Modine and D'Amato and um, Jim Brown, is is she in there? No, is, no. It's, it's, when they're all it, up. Yeah, when they're in, when in, they're in Tony's office. office. Yeah. What are the odds? 
Well, there's no telling. It's a odontoid fracture. Basically, Luther, you broke your neck and it never healed correctly. Well, it's hard to predict this kind of thing, but what I can say is that the wrong kind of hit uh, could result in paralysis, seizures, even sudden death. <laughs> what else is new? In my opinion, he is not medically fit to play. Right now, I need one sack and three more tackles. I get my bonus. Then we'll talk, okay, motherfucker? Come on, Luther. Have you ever seen an old punch-drunk boxer stumbling around drooling with no memory of what he's done in his life? You want that life, Luther? Coach, you need me against Texas, don't you? Don't you? Of course I need you against Texas, but not, not, not at this price, no. For a million dollars, I would shake like a coconut on a tree if I got to. Coach, I gave you 13 years. You can give me one. Football's my life, Coach. It's my life. That's all I'm going to do. Please, man. Come on, Coach, please. You have to sign a waiver, Shark. <laughs> Bring it on, man. Bring it on. Yeah, and you got to sh- – and he he's begs the coach, come on, coach, you got to sign a waiver. Like, the the integrity and emotion – Right. Going, like, the, the fucking spheres of influence crossing and, like, fragmenting in that scene made me feel so out of control this time. Yeah. And I was like, it's just a scene in an office, but it's so important, you know. Yeah. It, was, it was crazy. It was crazy. So this time that, and, and then every time fucking um, Cameron Diaz is on screen, I was fully engaged. She's fucking phenomenal. Um, yeah. And I just like, I know there's no place for women in the game and it's football and like all of that, but man, her point, everyone's point of view is so um, backed up in this movie. The, 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 the bad points of view and the good points of view, even when LL Cool J is like, I want my fucking bonus. I need my yards. Like, it, it's it's justified. Everyone's point of view is justified, and her point of view is fucking justified in every scene. She's doing the best she can to grow her her father's legacy, you know, in a way that is modern and in her own way. And like, I just think that character is fucking awesome. She uh, killed it. I'll, I'll quick be quick with my two scenes. The fi- the. Tony's speech, Al Pacino's speech in the locker room is peerless sports cinema. And it's one of his best, very best performances that he's ever given. I think it speaks for itself. Three minutes till the biggest battle of our professional lives all comes down to today. Either we heal as a team or we're going to crumble. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here, get the shit kicked out of us, or we can fight our way back into the light. 
we can climb out of hell. One inch at a time. Now, I can't do it for you. I'm too old. I look around, I see these young faces, and I think, I mean, I made every wrong choice a middle-aged man can make. I, uh, I pissed away all my money, believe it or not. I chased off anyone who's ever loved me. And lately, I can't even stand the face I see in America. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, Life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that inch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's going to make the fucking difference between winning and losing. It's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that itch. And I know if I'm going to have any life anymore, it's because I'm still willing to fight and die for that itch. Because that's what living is. The six inches in front of your face. Now, I can't make you do it. You got to look at the guy next to you. Look into his eyes. Now, I think you're going to see a guy who will go that inch with you. Hell yeah. You're gonna see a guy who will sacrifice himself for this team because he knows when it comes down to it, you're gonna do the same for him. Yeah. That's the team, gentlemen. And either we heal now as a team or we will die as individuals. That's football, guys. That's all it is. Now, what are you going to do? Oh, it starts so low. So low. Just everything about so it, low. the way he modulates it, and then the way it ends, and the tears and the intensity in the faces of all the people reacting is out of this world. It gives me goosebumps Between just thinking about it. And and so good. <laughs> the six inches in front of your face. Oh, love this movie so Look much. Anyway, room. <laughs> yeah. um, so good. We could just go on. You're right. That's the best scene in the movie. It's the best scene in the movie. <laughs>
But when he calls, this is the Oliver Stone of it all. No, no one would do this. No one would make this choice. Tony calls a play, one of the final plays. I feel like things are changing. No. Things are out of control. Maybe I'm just out of control. Sorry for the way that I've been behaving. It's alright, yeah. And in the middle of that scene, he cuts to Anne Margaret and Cameron Diaz talking. Yeah. And she is like reflecting on how this game has toxified her spirit, how it's like infected her, how she's acted out of character because this is how she's had to survive in this environment. And on the screens and on the field that they've orchestrated, the scene of the movie is happening on screens and they are having a conversation. And that wild choice to me just exemplifies why he is a filmmaker. You said the word before, Rob, uh, Chris, I think it might've been, which is electricity or both of you guys talking about electricity of performance. The electricity of Oliver Stone is in that scene. Comanche throws that fucking amazing play. They react to it. We're seeing it unfold. It's cross-cutting. It's fading. We're seeing three things. And then they go down the sideline and then they react. And then we see him gut out. It's like, unselfish. He like punctuates that scene with unselfish. I fucking love this movie so much. And I love that scene so much. And I love just like anyone who's like, oh, Pacino, he's big, he's loud. Get out of here. I don't want to hear from you anymore. Get out of town. Like, I don't care what you say. Yeah. Don't care. Unselfish. And it's, and it's, it's when he breaks from control and uses the, his guys the way they need to be used, which is at the end of the game, you give the ball to Michael Jordan. Yes. And you live and die on him shooting that fucking shot. I and mean, he had Michael Jordan. Yeah. I yeah. do. I don't want to interrupt you too much, but that cutting away to her in that scene, talking about it, I loved it from a character point of view and, and it finally connecting to her mother. But I did feel like fucking Oliver Stone kind of made her come to heal in that moment. We're yeah. like, I, it seems like she's absolutely confident and fierce in her fight. And then she's just like relegated to the fucking sidelines by NRA's greatest Charlton Heston. And <laughs> no, you know, I, I, like, I, I didn't read it like that. I read it like it was a moment of self-reflection. Like as mm-hmm. in she's not relegated, like, like she's she's like, she's like, what the it's fuck have I up. what the fuck have I become? Like, why yeah, is this right. my life? And that's where I that's how I read it. And that's why I love her performance, because it's like in that moment, she like stops. That. She stops being this dick swinging testosterone ego, all this shit that has infected her, and starts going like, "I don't even know I'm if I person. fucking. I'm a person. I don't even know if I like this. I don't know if I want to do this with my life. I don't need it." And oh, like, yeah. and her mum diminishing her earlier, like, "Oh, you should just, you know, get a holiday and whatever." Like all that great drunken Anne Margaret, like constantly drunk in this movie. Um, all of that means something. But then she's just like, actually, no, I do. Do I need this? Do I want this? Do I want this to be my life? I, I like that because in the end, she also makes the decision that no, it is going to be her life, but she's just going to learn how to play the game a little bit better. And that's what the epilogue. Tells I like us. that. I like she that. Worked, I, I, gets- I take that. I changed my mind. I like that. Reed. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Thank you. That, that made me like that moment a lot more. I, that's she actually chose- very beautiful. 
because then she immediately jumps out of her skin when they almost score a touchdown, which is also exactly. like a great thing. It's no, no, this is who I am. Like, I'm not, no, I actually am this. This is who I am. And her, her, like her aide de camp, that old dude with the veneers is Johnny Russo, who is oh, yeah. Carlo in uh, The Godfather. <laughs> yeah. Right. The, the yeah. Connie's husband. Yeah. Uh, no, I love that. I love that. And thanks for pushing back on that, Blake. I think that is, you know, we finally got to see a private moment from her shared with her mother and, and get, get love in return from a parent, you know? Yeah. That's really beautiful. Thanks. I like that much better. I'm going to take that one. All right. Well, let's, what's um, your second one? No, it's just the, the main scene that, the, yeah, yeah. The, okay. the, 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 the scene. The, the yeah, doing that. That's it. It's a fucking great I, end. Man. I, 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 I yeah, can't, can't get enough of it. Can't get enough. It's of just it. for me watching this. Everything happened so quickly. I was like trying to hold on to all of the scenes. <laughs> to quite frankly, because I remember all of these as you're talking about them. But it, it, he cuts so quickly throughout this whole film, and it moves along so quickly. It's what two hours and thirty seven minutes. Yeah, it's a, it's uh, it is. Let's have a look. The theatrical cut. Yeah. Two, it, no. Oh, I don't know if this is the right. It's two hours and 42 minutes, Chris. It's nearly three yeah, hours. It's long. Mine it's was only movie. 37 minutes. Okay. So maybe. Maybe this is the director's cut. But yeah, it's long. Anyways. Yeah. I, I um, The ballet that it was playing between the field and the box was like insane for me. And I just was, you know, from someone who's been in those circumstances where you're in the in a box watching a football team play, you know, it was just like, Oh shit, there's so much going on right now. And that's what I love about this film. There is there it's, and, and it's always kind of blown my mind about football. Like how many eyeballs are on that one play, the eyeball scene. Oh my God. Uh, the eyeball scene is out of this, out of, out of this world. That's like pure oh, psycho yeah. Oliver Stone though. That's like just him being like, yeah, there's a fucking eyeball on the field. <laughs> I, I, I love I do I know I tweeted this, but like Bill Bellamy looking in the mirror before the game saying, I'm the best wide receiver See, that's ever lived. ever lived. I can catch anything. I'm yeah. the best receiver that's ever lived. That's right. <laughs> it's like such a great I never stopped thinking of that for 25 years. And like he doesn't get a lot to do in the movie, but it's such a beautiful moment of what these guys have to do to exist mm-hmm. in this system or they're just wiped, you know? It's a beautiful moment. I loved it. God, also, has, LL, has it, like, we're seamlessly pivoting into favorite performers in this, but, like, has LL Cool J ever been better than Julian when he's standing there in his, like, Michael Jordan 90s oversized suit bitching about, Coach, I yeah. love the, the plays that you called that I love. Like, is he any better in any other movie? I don't think so. No, he's he's... I- He's perfect in this film. I mean, he just, again, I think it goes back to what I was initially saying earlier, like every actor just in fucking flated their characters in the perfect way. Yes. Like they, they took the direction and they just gave their full ego to it. And it was really cool to watch. And L. O. Cool J was a great example of that. Cause you can only imagine a performer like that is fully like, I mean, he's just on another level. So it's like, crazy to see well, it's a football player he's great i mean he looks the part he's looked the part since you know 1986 <laughs> and like it's such a it's another instance of like though it's not football specific of 
bringing the, your outside influence into your role. Like we immediately buy this yeah. kind of like pop star esque running back showboat. You know, that's a great point though. I, sorry to cut you off, I, but I have to get this in. Like everybody, you believe you don't look at them as the actors. You look at them as cogs in this wheel. Every character you buy them, like you know, and and I and the whole time I was watching this, I'm like, oh, there's Lauren Holly, oh fuck, you know, Matthew Modine, Jamie, you know, it, I kept on doing that, but like they just melted into their characters, and that was what was so impressive about this movie to me. I love yeah. the casting of Modine and James Woods together. I just love it so much because yeah. it's like Modine has a soul, and Woods is a snake, and it's like they're just oh, perfect because yeah. they have like similar features. They have like this certain things, and you look at them together, and you're like, oh, they could almost like be related or something like that. But he's like, he's like, didn't you ever have a dream, Ali? And he goes, I'm living it. I'm living it, Harv. I'm living it, Harv. I'm also, living. real quick, such too. a fucking scalpel of a line. Yeah. I'm living it hard. Like there is, and, a, and also uh, like when he walks away, and his <laughs> he's fucking, saying like, to his twenty-year-old girlfriend is like, "I'm gonna stay here." Fine, fuck you then. <laughs> there was a very cool like. Um, also in the eyeball scene, I have this note written down. He cuts to like five hundred all-seeing eyes at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's I, like, I want to see your notes, like eyeball scene, and, and it's just like <laughs> note to self: stop stop jizzing <laughs> yeah. like, just one more thing about this eyeball scene jizz <laughs> oh, cut that on. obviously sorry i said that <laughs> well, I, what were you... <laughs> I i almost i almost, i i think we're i think we're nearly at time um i think unlike most of our other episodes like we've almost like sold every line that is great in this, like short of reading the whole speech. So I don't think we can really do that, but I would just say like, I'm like when Jamie Foxx calls a Miss Pagnici, Hey, Miss Pagnici, you really do it to me. I just can't get enough of that. And she's like, Oh, it's a, uh, it's, it's Pagnacci. And she walks away and she looks so amazing and hot and formidable. And he looks so funny in his little jockstrap. It's a, it's an amazing line and an amazing scene that is orchestrated around it. One of my favorite lines. I have the I, craziest I, lines written down just so you guys know. Oh, please I, do. I, I, I want, I want to know those lines. I like, I love how she doesn't step on him there. Just the way Tony doesn't step on him either when, you know, he's, a little bit out of control and in his own ego, which, you know, sorry, I got a big head back there in the huddle, you know, but like she is kind to him in that incredibly unprofessional moment, you know, because she understands like swagger is what is the name of the game, you know, <laughs> go ahead. Hit me with these lines, Chris. I can't wait. Okay. These are all rapid fire. Um, I will start with just these three uh, when uh, Pagnici and Pacino are talking, they will get together handshake. I have a beer. And then she turns around and she goes, fucking beer? That scene was fucking crazy. <laughs> I don't drink beer, Tony. Yeah. I don't drink fucking beer? Fucking beer? Um, okay. Uh, this scene fucking knocked me on my ass. I'm between marriages. What do you do for dick? That was a crazy scene. <laughs> to and that old ass lady. The old lady. The old, the old lady yeah. like, whoa. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, there's a ton, but th this one, I just really like caught me for whatever reason when they're on the airplane together and he's like, what are you listening to? <laughs> and 
he's like uh trick daddy you know him and he's like yeah 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 you yeah like jazz. He starts, you like jazz like jazz like jazz starts talking about jazz it's like, oh my god, this fucking scene is crazy. It's um, like every baby boom white guy who thinks he's down is gonna throw the fucking coal train at you. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Uh, yeah, trick daddy. He was great. Yeah. yeah. I I do um, love I do love this line, Chris. Speaking of like crazy lines, Cindy, can you please speak to that nurse? I'm a football player. We gotta pump up the volume here. <laughs> yeah. That's a great accent, dude. <laughs> Cindy, can you please speak to that nurse? <laughs> Love it. Great line. Oh, yeah, that's when he... Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, anyways, um, th- those were just the ones I had written down. Um, I'm sure you guys have more poignant ones than I do. No, I, I mean, you know, for folks who are listening, they know how I, like, edit the clips, and obviously we'll bring you the highlights as we're going along, but we're trying to trying to give you the whole full picture because we don't want to say that this movie is just one speech, but it's so iconic and so towering that it's yeah. like hard. It's as much the same as we did with devil's advocate, right? It's like the movie has so much to offer. has so many weird and wonderful nooks and crannies to explore some really cool shit, some baddie stuff, some Tony Gilroy, all time alliance. But that speech at the end is just so towering that it's like, it's almost hard to talk about mm-hmm. other stuff in the movie when you mention it. So Rob, any because more weird, he- weird and wonderful ones that uh, you've got outside mm-hmm. that line? No, I mean, that, that harp line is great. And, and to that speech is like, Tony really finds the truth of his whole life in that moment. And you watch the realization over dialogue and it's fucking beautiful. You know, it's great. It's great. It's not a pump up speech, you know, it's like, and, and, and Beeman tells him like, you're, you're shitty at this. Yeah. So he comes in with something new and he's just like, I pissed away all my money. I fucking chased away everybody who ever loved me, oh. you know. <laughs> and that house, by the way, that talk about a dead tech postmodernistic bullshit. piece of shit, <laughs> like that <laughs> bullshit house. It was like it's like. It's a, he's a Miami football. He's a Miami football coach. It's like it's so right. The house is so it's wrong, just, but the house is so. All right. the cigars in the fucking world. Live oh, like I have Airbnb <laughs> that house, you know. <laughs> Dude, also there's one scene. That one scene when he goes to the house to see Peg Michi, and all of a sudden he just has a cigar in his hand. You know, what I mean, there's so many scenes where just people roll in with fucking big old stogies. I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> well, gentlemen. I'm going to look into your eyes and I know that I've got two guys here who will go that inch with me on these movies. Thank you so much again for everyone listening um, to Too Much Movie. We love you. Check out links in the show notes if you want to follow Chris or Rob on the socials. And I, we're planning and orchestrating and as with every episode, identifying new movies in the 90s like Showgirls that could be potential for us to cover. We're staying in the 90s. This is such a fruitful patch of movies. Gents, this has been so fun talking to you about this. And Chris, I can't wait. Uh, I can't wait for you to have another watch of this. And if you do, we've got to promise the gang we'll get back together so you and Rob can go line for line and give us dueling Pacinos again. Promises for like a, a to do this speech together. That's what I really want. I think, you know. That now- inch! <laughs> that inch! <laughs> that inch! The inch! The inch! Inch! Going inch! Going inch for inch, line for line. Um, love you guys. This has been super fun. Thanks, guys.